Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Tuesday show. It is April 30th, and I'm pretty sure there's only 30 days in April, so I think this is the last day of the basically first month of the season. Am I right? Only yes. 30? Right? Yeah. What's the, that would be correct, sir. What's the rhyme? What's the like nursery rhyme that teaches people? I never knew that one. That is one that I I just I never got to that part in class. Scott, do you? Uh, I never learned. Pulled me off for bad behavior or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go. This is kind of easy enough to remember. Not for me. Without a mnemonic device. Well, what is on today's show? We are going to do some foreigner themed segments. That would be the band Foreigner. Uh, that will be fun. We've got, of course, news and notes. Jesus Aguilar hit two home runs! Uh, Jake Odorizzi yep. had a great start, and he's actually having a pretty good season. So we'll talk about him, and some hot hitters, some cold hitters. Manny Machado. I know you're worried about Manny Machado. We're gonna talk about that. Matt Barnes got a save. Jacob Webb got a save. Patrick Corbin was terrible. Frankie Montas had some bad defense behind him. We will discuss it all. But first, Scott White. Get low! Nate Lowe has been promoted by the Rays. He batted fifth. He DH'd at Kansas City. He went one for four with a double. And Nate Lowe is 30% owned. Is that ownership too, you know, low? Low? There it is. <laughs> what do you think? Yes. It is, it is too low. Um, but there, okay. So basically, he, he's an interesting prospect, definitely. Last year, between three levels, he hit 330 with 27 home runs at 985 OPS and struck out just 90 times in 555 plate appearances. Was off to a good start this year, too. He is not the most highly regarded prospect. He's of a certain phenotype that tends to get overlooked in prospect rankings. And that's basically a, uh, a first baseman who isn't who isn't renowned for his athleticism. Um, you know, Reese Hoskins was a recent example of a guy who didn't get a lot of prospect love, turned out to be a pretty big deal in fantasy. Maybe Lowe could be two. The problem with owning him is that first base, for all the concerns heading into the season, has turned out to be a pretty stacked position. A lot of potential that was, that was there kind of, uh, you know, kind of off to the side has come bubbling to the surface. And it's it's going to be hard for people to to fit low in. Just to give you to kind of put it in perspective, heading into yesterday's games, among players who've scored at least ninety points in CBS head to head leagues, there were sixteen first basemen and the most in any other infield spot was nine. So there's a lot going on at first base, a lot to get excited about. Will Lowe, who I imagine at least at the beginning isn't going to play much against left-handed pitchers. They talked about calling him up because they wanted another left-handed bat with Austin Meadows on the DL. Uh, lately, G-Man Choi's had a hard enough time getting in the lineup, though he was in it again yesterday. I, I don't know that the playing time is going to be consistent for low unless he gets really, really hot. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's, despite the really impressive minor league numbers, and uh, the fact that that sort of player might have been a must-add in past seasons, I, I don't know that I'd call a must-add now. Okay, 30% own again. Nate Lowe, first baseman, but he DH'd for the Rays. And look, you might not be adding him as a first baseman. You might be adding him as a utility or something like that. But uh, would you right now, would you drop Jesus Aguilar for Nate Lowe? I would okay with dropping Aguilar, but I'm not sure Lowe's the guy I'm doing it for. Okay. Uh, AJ Pollock is on the IL with an elbow infection. So who's a better ad right now? Nate Lowe or Alex Verdugo? Who is, oh, I should have put, I should have played, uh, Vertigo by you two. Uh, 48% owned. <laughs> you don't need to. He's batting. Should we say hello, hello to Alex Verdugo? Hola. Yeah, thank you. Um, he's having a really good year and now he's got a, I think a path to playing time. What's, uh, what's the deal here? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I I mean obviously there's more spots in your lineup to fit an outfielder. It's not it hasn't been as deep as first base here to begin the year. And he's more proven in the majors than Lowe is so far. It's, it's been a really exciting start to the year for Verdugo, where the, the biggest concern coming into it, would he hit, hit for enough home run power? Uh, so far, he certainly has when he's played. Yeah, and you may, he's he's a guy that we've talked about this archetype a lot, where, or phenotype, was that the word you used, Scott, earlier? That was um, the word I used. Yeah, he, he's the phenotype of a guy who might hit for more power than we expect just because the hit tool is so good. And the ball is flying so well right now that, yeah, I, I think he's someone who can absolutely be a starting caliber fantasy option for as long as he's an everyday player. I am going to drop Ty Buttry for Alex Verdugo right now. <laughs> there we go. Good. Scanning leagues for Alex Verdugo. Yeah, it didn't really it didn't occur to me until I saw the lineup yesterday that A.J. Pollock is going to go out. Oh, A.J. Pollock, you are really really bothering me what a bad year for him and he's on the il which is no surprise an elbow infection so verdugo uh got the start yesterday did get pinch hit for i believe but um 333 batting average four homers four doubles two triples in 29 games only two walks but only eight strikeouts okay we uh we got some monday standouts for you and i think it has to start with jesus aguilar chris we see two homer games all the time they don't necessarily mean anything but he did uh, go yard twice, and now he's batting 156 with two home runs in 26 games. For a guy who was a top six first baseman last year, Jesus Aguilar is now 72% owned. What do you think about him? I mean, look, we've all been saying we were just waiting for the point where Jesus Aguilar's OPS would get over 500. <laughs> OPS. <laughs> and now it wow. finally is. So it's all good. He's been bad. This hasn't been just a result of bad luck. He's around average in average exit velocity, well below average in hard hit percentage. He's been miserable so far this season. He was pretty pedestrian in the second half of last season. I have sort of given up on Jesus Aguilar as a potential impact bat at first base. Like some, uh, like, I mean, think collectively as an industry, we thought he might have been able to be coming into this season. I think you're probably slotting him in in like the Justin Smoke range of a useful guy, but also a guy that you may drop. Okay. So not someone that we need yeah. to rush to pick up if he's well, available. I'm 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 more excited about Aguilar. I, I guess maybe excited's too strong of a term. I don't think he immediately goes back to playing every day after this performance because Eric Thames is so hot, but I have very little confidence in Thames sustaining his hot streak given how much he's striking out. Um Aguilar, in terms of strikeout to walks, in terms of how many line drives versus fly balls versus ground balls, he's hitting basically the same as last year. They've, they've been saying everything I've read about him, they've been talking about how his timing is just off. And in terms of, you know, the, the main thing I've noticed that's down for him is barrel rate way down. And that would seem to back up what they're saying. Um, you know, guys get cold and obviously it's been a really cold start to the season but i don't think it's a loss of skill for aguilar and it depending on how where things go from here he could he could get he could get scooped up pretty quickly uh, across the board i'm not saying he's necessarily must add for the same reasons low is not necessarily must add just because there's there's a lot of competition to fill that spot but i am I am more interested in him than Lowe. I think the chances of him becoming an impact player this year are greater than they are for Lowe. Yeah. I well, mean, I, I would just say this. I don't know if it's a loss of skill. I think it's probably the skill set wasn't as good as it looked in the first half last season. I think he's probably more like a high 700 to low 800s OPS guy. And like Eric Thames has a career 825 OPS against right-handed pitching. So... Well, what I about Aguilar in 20, 2017? I mean, he was good in 2017, too. He had. It, I mean, it was just a one year or first half phenomenon. It was a very limited sample size. It was a 265 batting average, yeah. 16 home runs. He played 133 games, but he, but he was like a part time player, so the games played is a little deceiving. What was the OPS in 2017? 837? Yeah. I, but you're talking fine. about a guy a pace of th more than 30 home runs uh, and he had an it, and though he was mostly a platoon player then the OPS was over 800 against right-handers still 
Okay. Yeah, right. I just I don't think he's going to be good enough to make it so that he just plays every day when Eric Thames can hit righties really well, too. Okay, uh, let's talk about Jake Odorizzi. And another guy that we are definitely going to talk about is Mike Soroka. Woo! He's been awesome. Um, but Jake Odorizzi, right now he has a 334 ERA and a strikeout per inning. But he just threw his first quality start since the first start of the season. So, And this was against the Astros. Seven scoreless innings with seven strikeouts. A dominant performance against uh, the best team in baseball. The best team in the AL for sure. The Houston Astros. Uh, is anybody buying Jake Odorizzi? He's only 39% owned, which means he's available. And he does get the Tigers next week, assuming he makes a second start at the Yankees this weekend. Uh, Tigers next week for Odorizzi. Is anyone interested in Jake Eggs Odorizzi? You're going to be cutting him within the next three weeks, I think. <laughs> I, like he, he does have a 319 fit, but that's mostly because he has somehow only allowed two home runs so far this season, despite a 23% ground ball rate. Um, now, one thing he has always done well and is doing well now is get infield fly balls, pop-ups, and... That can help him keep a lower home run rate than you would expect, but pretty much all the, the ERA indicators point to him being a, a above four ERA guy. And so, you know, I, I'm hopeful. I, I wish he could figure it out because he was pretty good for a couple of years in Tampa, but yeah. I generally don't buy it. All right. And it's it's just been like you look at the game log. It's been so there, there isn't a lot of consistency to anything he's done either. Like he's had two great starts. He's had one good start. He's had two awful starts and one pretty bad start, you know, and, and the strikeouts are all over the place. It's given his track record. There's nothing here that would lead me to believe he's a different guy. All right. Is there any standout I'm missing? That's not if it's in the notes. And you say his name now, I'm going to yell at you and tell you, just be patient. We're going to talk about him. But is there any Monday standout that you really want to talk about? I'm afraid of getting yelled at, to be <laughs> honest. I just did a control F. My, my guy's in there. Who is it? <laughs> I can't mention him. Okay, 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 fair enough. Uh, I do want to mention uh, just a couple things real quick. Um, our sponsors, you know, they're great. I want to thank all of our sponsors. And, you know, you hear the reads on the show. This week you're going to be hearing reads for Sherry's Berries and for Pro Flowers, and I just want to say, like, please take advantage of these offers. Sherry's Berries, I think it's berries.com, and um, at Pro Flowers as well, our promo code is FBT, FBT on those websites, berries.com and proflowers.com, and uh, I, I got the packages from those two places this week and actually ordered more, and just outstanding stuff. The, sherry, the berries.com, Sherry's Berries, the strawberries are like, like the size of my fist. They are awesome. We got them and we were like, home, oh, these are amazing. So there's a great discount. Use the code FBT. And you also hear, um, in my, in the reads for the draft app that I am competing against you guys. And that is true. In fact, let me check the results of the contest I did last night. But people are, uh, challenging me on the draft app. And, uh, I want you to get on there and I want you to challenge me and I want to beat you. And I won yesterday. I just played one-on-one -on -one against one of our listeners, and I beat him 48-38 to because I had Verlander and he had Corbin. And I had Bellinger and Betts. All right, that's not a bad day for me. So thank you to the sponsors, and thank you all for supporting us and for supporting them. Uh, news and notes. J.D. Martinez returned to the lineup. Billy Hamilton was out of the lineup. Robinson Cano is still day-to-day. -day. He expects to play maybe today or tomorrow. Trey Mancini expects to play today. Fernando Tatis was out of the lineup, and he still may end up on the injured list. Anthony Rendon remains day-to-day -day with an elbow injury. Travis Shaw sat against the lefty. So if that keeps happening, you know, Hernan Perez has pretty good numbers against lefties. Shaw, I think we're probably still going to say hang on to him, but it's getting getting ugly. Uh, DJ LeMahieu's day-to-day. Mark Hanna Mark is on the IL for the A's. Does that matter to anybody? Might be no. more playing time for Chad Pinder, right? Okay, swipe, yeah, swipe was, right, swipe right. They're both pretty much just lefties, right? But Pinder sometimes against righties. Did anybody get swipe right? Or I guess swipe left if he's a lefty. Pinder, Tinder, very funny. No, he he is a righty. Oh. Scott Man, he hit, plays against left. Okay, swipe right then. Um, Ender Enciarte day-to-day with hamstring tightness. Lucas Giolito threw 50 pitches, so he's on the mend. Detroit starting pitcher Casey Mize, a prospect. He threw a no-hitter in double-A. 
Is he on the? That's my standout. Was it really? Yes. Okay. Should he be? Because should Casey Mize, no hitter yesterday. Double so A should be on my the radar. general. My general philosophy, and I don't know, Scott. You haven't had him in your five to stash so far, right? No. He. This was his first Double yeah. A start. It was a pretty good uh, debut. Was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was the number one overall pick last year. So and he's getting rave reviews right now from from everything that I've read. He's one of the two or three best pitching prospects in baseball. My general philosophy is, and I think it's it's different when a team is contending versus rebuilding like the Tigers are. But generally, if you're in double A, you could get called up at any point. I don't think it's likely that he gets called up until at least the summer. But, you know, once we get past that Super 2 deadline, if he continues to dominate in double A... It wouldn't shock me to see him get called up. Okay, so that is Casey Mize, and keep an eye on him. See, threw a no hitter yesterday. Uh, Miguel Sano is going to begin a rehab assignment today, and keep an eye on this. Jose Peraza, fifty-nine percent owned. He batted leadoff yesterday, and he batted leadoff twice. La- Who did they face? Did they face a lefty yesterday? I don't think they did. It was a righty, and because he had batted leadoff against a lefty twice last week, but this was against a right-handed pitcher, and he had a good game. He stole a base, two for five. And maybe that could get him going a little bit. Some guys have already been getting going. Ozzy Albies is hot. Mike Soroka is hot. Michael Chavis is hot. We're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about some cold players when we come back on Fantasy Baseball Today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Are you ready for the musical portion of the show, fellas? Yeah. Are you ready to rock? Yes. All right, here we go. We got some... Players to talk about. Ooh, that was good. I nailed that. I, I said, I said, rock. What do you mean? No. This is rock, not foreigner. Do you know? You know the song. I want to know what love is. Right? Yeah, of course I do. It's a that is like an amazing. It's like a top ten ballad. No, <laughs> it is great. Modern I have no response to that. Great Adam. modern family. You, you scene, do you, boo boo. Okay. Um, hot-blooded players. Ozzy Albies. In the past six games, he has gone from number 13 sec- uh, second baseman in fantasy to the number three second... Okay, this has got to stop. Number three second baseman in fantasy. Ozzy Albies has homered four times in six games. He has three steals. He's batting 299. Things have changed uh, in the last week for Albies. But he's good. You know, he's good. He finds a way to produce. He leads off. RBIs are a little low because he leads off. But... uh Ah, Scott White, talk about Ozzy Albies. Yeah, I think I, I think things have played out pretty well for people who took a chance on him, even though he basically had one great month last year and five when it seemed like he was selling out for power. Uh, not so much anymore. He has a batted ball profile that doesn't condemn him to a low BABIP like last year. And since he doesn't strike out much, that could mean... Pretty good batting average from him. Um, I'd like to see him run more still, and I think just given the way the Braves typically handle the leadoff spot, if he's there, he has a pretty good chance of winding up with 20 steals or so. He's a must-start second baseman. I think he's everything you hoped he'd be when you drafted him. And and a good sign here. He's absolutely demolishing left-handed pitching, but that's what he's done all his career. He has a 1,200 OPS against them this year. I think it's around 900 for his career. He has improved against right-handed pitchers, and since that's who he sees about 75% of the time, that's a good sign. His plate discipline's been pretty good against them. Not hitting for a ton of power, but he's hitting enough. He has a 756 OPS against righties. It's not great, but last year it was below 700, so that's a good sign for him taking a step forward. So that's Ozzy Albies we're talking about. By the way, the Braves have the third-highest OPS against left-handed pitchers. They've had the 15th most at bats and the second most runs scored against lefties. Another guy who's a brave who is is Mike Soroka. 
Mike Soroka, 162 ERA, 21 strikeouts in 16 and two-thirds. He has faced Arizona, Cincinnati, and San Diego. He finally got a quality start. He's thrown now five innings, five and two-thirds, and six innings in three starts. He'll be at Miami this weekend, so he'll be even more hot-blooded when we talk about him on Monday. Um, all right, is, is Mike Soroka just a short-term fix in your rotation or someone who's going to be contributing for a while? Chris Towers. I think he can be someone that, that sticks around and makes a difference for you for you know, possibly the remainder of the season. We know the Braves have a lot of guys, but right now, who looks like they're definitely going to be staying in the rotation on their merits? Like Julio Tehran and Kevin Gosman are probably going to stay in the rotation, but there's no guarantee they're going to pitch well enough that they can't lose a job. And I don't know. I, I think Soroka might be one of their best pitchers right now. And, you know, there, there's the prospect pedigree. There's pretty good stuff. Um, I'd probably want to see him throw his changeup a little more, but he's actually throwing mm-hmm. his slider a ton. So far this season, up from 22% last year to 32%. That's a great sign, and that's in keeping with trends we're seeing around baseball. And, you know, I, I don't think there's a, a ton fluky about this. Cool. I was going to say that up. about the changeup, too. I feel like the fact that he's barely throwing it, and yet it's been so effective when he does, I, I feel like as he learns maybe to use his arsenal to maximize it, because he's kind of he's kind of doing that that two seamer thing that you know pitch efficiently don't necessarily worry about missing bats that a lot of pitchers are raised on um, and I think maybe he could maybe he could grow out of that as he kind of uh, rounds into form in the majors which isn't to say his two seamers bad but you know he he has I think deep within him is an ability to miss more bats than he's already shown and he has 21 strikeouts in 16 and two thirds inning. All right, next up, one more player. He's a rookie, and you know what I noticed about this guy? He's very, he's very, there he is, hot-blooded. Michael Chavis. Michael Chavis is hot-blooded, yeah. He's uh, two for four yesterday, three RBIs and a strikeout against the A's. He has a fever of 103. And Michael Chavis is 46% owned. He also played first base yesterday. So now they are getting creative and getting him in the lineup. 286 with three homers and a steal. Six walks, eight strikeouts in nine games. Must-add player, Michael Chavis? They should really get him an IV or something. <laughs> 103 fevers, real, yeah, real yeah, mess. Yeah. Um, I think he is. My, my, my whole view on him is if he hits, there's going to be a place for him to play. You know, Mitch Moreland will play first base against righties, but... That doesn't necessarily mean Chavis couldn't play against lefties. They also have shown a willingness to play J.D. Martinez some in the outfield. So there's a chance. I think there's three opportunities for him basically in the lineup. It's second base primarily, which he was originally drafted as a shortstop. He moved to third base, but scouting reports do say that he has a little more athleticism than you would think based on his profile. And so... If he manages to not be disastrous at second base, I don't think Brock Holt, Dustin Pedroia, and Eduardo Nunez are are really a uh, a roadblock. And if they do need somewhere else for him to play, Rafael Devers isn't playing well enough to to say that he's locked in forever. And maybe they just put him at first base sometimes. I think there's a there's a real chance this is a guy who has legitimate power, seems well suited for Boston's park. I, I do think Michael Chavis with second and third base eligibility and potentially first base is someone you want to add. Okay, so let me let me get some names out. Uh, Michael Chavis, again, 46% owned, or uh, Jeff McNeil. <laughs> I, I think I'd go with Chavis. I think there's there's more opportunity for him to play every day. It would it would be hard for me to dump McNeil, I think, in like an OBP league or anything else that rewards like walks and strikeouts. How about Michael but Chavis I mean, or Nick Senzel? Oh, I'd go Chavis at this point. Yeah. Uh, Michael Chavis or Cattell Marte? I'd go Chavis. 
I think the shallower the league, the more likely I'd go be, be to go with Chavis because I, I just think there's more um, potential for impact there. Right. And you could turn you could turn Marte loose and and get something equitable later in a shallower format. All right, Foreigner. So thank you for giving us the hot-blooded players. Now, unfortunately, I got to talk about Manny Machado. And Manny, you know, it's been a rough stretch. On the road, he's batting 229 with three home runs. At least he has three home runs. But at home, damn it, I really did not time that well. I didn't know when it was coming in. Manny Machado is cold <laughs> as ice. Last 17 games before, I think, an over three yesterday, he was batting 219 with a 614 OPS. And people are worried. People are worried. How about you, Scott White, on Manny Machado? I wouldn't say I'm worried. There is the concern that if you look at his career numbers, um, you know, he's been a guy who's done the majority of his damage at Camden Yards. A really good place to hit after he was traded to the Dodgers last year. Uh, you know, his numbers were down and it kind of was in line with his road splits from earlier in his career. But I never feel like it's as simple as a guy is, uh, you know, a guy who plays in a, in a hitter friendly park is, um, is who he is on the at home and who he is on the road. If he was out of that hitter park, you know, yeah, it's, it's never that simple. Once they're removed from that hitting environment, I think a lot of it, his struggles so far have to do with the fact he's striking out more. But his track record is so well defined as far as that goes that I'm not really concerned about. It. There's just too much of a track record of stuntliness here for me to really worry about Machado. Okay, Chris, uh, any major disagreements, or can we move on? I understand not being concerned, and it, 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 we need more time. But we're going on three and a half months now of him not being with the Orioles and not hitting like an elite player, and a career 762 OPS on the road. Uh, I think it was 889 in his career at Camden Yard. So I'm not necessarily panicking, but it's worth discussing. Yeah, well, that's why we just discussed it. All right, Machado. Yeah. So, uh, Mondesi or Machado? Machado. Yeah, sure. Okay. Next I mean, if up. we're redrafting today, I'd still take Machado in round two. Okay. If we were redrafting today, would you take Kyle Freeland? Because he is. All right, that was better. That was better. First start off the IL for Kyle Freeland. He had a blister, and it didn't go well. Two home runs allowed, both to Jesus Aguilar, I believe. Uh, five runs in six innings. He's got a 481 ERA, and he was a top 20 pitcher last year. If Kyle Freeland were dropped, would you pick him up? No. So when he went on the DL, he was dropped in one of my leagues. I did put in a claim for him. He got picked up. The so I kind of tested that already. IL, Scott. Um. Now, as good as he was last year, I don't think anybody really believed he was going to be that good again. There wasn't really anything he excelled at. Not wasn't a great strikeout pitcher, wasn't a great control pitcher, wasn't a great ground ball pitcher, <laughs> and yet he had a great year. Um, he's had a couple of really good starts this year that I think rightfully give you reason to hold out a little longer. But I don't think it's it's like. This isn't a case of you're buying low on an ace right now. If you pursue him in a way, you would if it was like a Noah Syndergaard or, or Corey Kluber or anybody like that. Right. It, it, but I will say this about Kyle Freeland. He, his strikeouts are up. I mean, he has 33 strikeouts and 33 and two thirds. And that is a continuation of what we saw after the all-star break last year. He had 81 strikeouts and 86 and two thirds. It was mostly August when he struck out 42 batters and 37 and two thirds. But that is something at least encouraging for Freeland. He's 93% on, but yeah, I mean, there is the whole course field thing. So. Right. You have to be really, really good to be a fantasy viable pitcher at course field. And I just, I think the upside is probably like a high three ZRA. And I just, I don't necessarily think that's worth stashing it when he's not pitching well. All right. Well, like, if more. I'm holding on to a guy, it's because I think they can. You know, strike out more than a batter per inning and give me a, a good ERA. Okay, one more guy. He's another Rocky. I keep recommending him to people. But why? Because Ryan McMahon is... It'd be better if they just said cold as ice. But I'm digging it. 
Brian McMahon, man. Brian McMahon. <laughs> Brian McMahon is not hitting well. And he didn't hit well last year. Why do I keep telling people that they need to own Ryan McMahon? Um, he's batting two thirty-eight with two home runs, nine walks to 18 strikeouts in 17 games. It's not a bad ratio. It is a lot of strikeouts, though. Um, and fine at home. You know, he's got, uh, what, like an 850-ish OPS at home. But on the road, he's been dreadful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan McMahon, you're as cold as ice. Scott White. It's it's an upside thing. You look at his minor league track record, and you put that player at Coors Field with second base eligibility. I mean, you're talking about top five potential at the position, probably. Now, obviously, he hasn't offered much of anything yet, but I I think because of all that time he missed with injury, it's worth holding out a little longer. I mean, he made some pretty evident changes to his swing. Uh, heading into this season that manifested in a big way this spring. He was probably the best hitter of all of spring training. And I just think that kind of upside deserves more time. How much more? I don't know exactly. It depends on format somewhat. But I can't think of a league I'm in where I would drop him if I had him stashed. I wouldn't, like, I'm not dropping him for Nate Lowe. I'm not dropping him for Jesus Aguilar if he's available. I'm sticking with McMahon. And one thing that helps his case is, Nobody on the Rockies is hitting well, pretty much. I guess Rymel Tapia's had some good games, and so the guys who might potentially replace him aren't exactly beating down the door, right? I know, but, you know, I just, like with Ryan McMahon, I just want to feel it. I just want to feel that passion, Chris. You know, I want to love Ryan McMahon. I guess what I'm trying to say is... I want to know what love is. <laughs> Come on, you can show me, Chris. I want you to show me. Oh, get down there. Stick, stick with your Bradley Cooper. Stick with Bradley Cooper. I want to feel what love is. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that right now. All right. We'll take a quick break here. We got more to recap from yesterday's games. Matt Barnes got a save. Um, another save for Blake Parker. He's only 50% home. Patrick Corbin had a dud. We'll talk about Frankie Montas and Eduardo Rodriguez. Fringy starting pitchers. And it's almost May and... That's a segment coming up later. We'll be right back on Fantasy Baseball today. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property, it's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we'd go in-depth with player analysis on Fantasy Baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. All right, guys, here we go. Uh, more from Monday's games. Bullpen, Matt Barnes, Blake Parker, Jacob Webb, they all got saves. Can we... All right, look, Jacob Webb got a save for the Braves. A.J. Minter, Luke Jackson, and each pitched two straight games. Uh, Jerry Blevins started the ninth inning, faced the lefty, got Hosmer out. Webb came in and got the last two outs. Can we ignore that? I mean, I, this is not a guy I was chasing for saves. I wouldn't go so far as to say I'd ignore it. I I I think either Luke Jackson or maybe Mentor would have gotten the save chance if they had been available. But like that's the pecking order. It's Mentor with his ERA over nine. It's Luke Jackson with his career ERA I think over four. And then 
I, I mean, Webb had a good strikeout rate in the minors, also walked a lot of hitters, but it, it's it's not like there's it's not like anybody's secure enough in that bullpen that he couldn't sneak into getting more safe chances. <laughs> Chris just okay, said, Chris just sent me something that I I'm I'm excited about and we'll, I'll get to it later. All right, so thank you for Scott's uh, analysis there of the Atlanta bullpen. I thought you were laughing at no, my analysis. I, wasn't, I, swear, I swear. What did I do? <laughs> yeah, he was laughing at the Braves bullpen. No. Um, so so uh, here's what happened in the Red Sox game last night. Uh, it was uh, a seven to four game in the seventh inning, two on, two out. And Ryan Brazier came in to face Chris Davis, and he got him out. And then he pitched the eighth inning. The Red Sox went on to make it nine to four. And then Matt Barnes came in in a nine to four game, but I guess with a couple runners on, tying run must have been on deck, save situation, and he got the save. When you look at this, does it change anything for you, or is Brazier still in your mind the closer? Yeah, we've seen a couple of instances of this before where they've used Brazier earlier in the game. I, I guess he's, I guess he's number one in terms of leverage pitchers and it's, it's a less than traditional use of a closer. I don't think it's any surprise and any surprise that with that happening so often around baseball, the Red Sox are one of the teams doing it, but it's still, it's still much more consistent the way they use Brazier than it is for, you know, anybody in Tampa. Um, who else has done that a lot? Philadelphia, I guess, has settled in Daenerys more recently. But, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of committee situations. I think Brazier is still is more reliable than you'll find in most of those situations. All right, who, who would you rather have, Brazier or Blake Parker? Parker with another save really appears to be the guy for the Twins. Brazier, Brazier. Okay, Brazier Crane. Rotation time for, uh, let's see, we got five pitchers yesterday. We haven't talked about this yet, but Zach Wheeler, velocity was down. But Corbin had a bad start. Kenta Maeda, you know, it was fine. It was scoreless five innings, but only three strikeouts. Um, he's been interesting this year, 441 ERA. Zach Wheeler, the walks are more concerning to me than the strikeouts because the, the walk yeah. rate has, has been, yeah. you know, last, last start was brilliant. No walks, 11 strikeouts. Other than that, He's only had two starts out of six with with a low walk rate, Wheeler. Uh, and then we'll talk about Montas and Eduardo Rodriguez separately. But Corbin, Maeda, and Wheeler, they're all, obviously, they're in different tiers, but they're all must-own. Are you concerned about any of them right now? Maeda's kind of concerning to me because he's he's been getting a lot of swinging strikes, but he hasn't been getting results. I mean, this was a start against the Giants of all teams and he couldn't take care of business and because of the terms of his contract as we've seen the couple last couple years he he has a finite amount of time in the rotation presumably uh before you know they want to move him to the bullpen to keep his salary low um and he's not you know if, if you can't trust him now i i don't know i don't know that he's going to be the pitcher you drafted him to be Okay, uh, I'm concerned about Wheeler. So the velocity was down. He's still one of the hardest throwers. I mean, he's throwing like 95, but he can throw 98, 99. But, you know, Wheeler has had two seasons with a walk rate around four, four per nine, where he's had like a 350, 360 ERA. But in both of those seasons, we're talking about a 133 whip or higher. So last year, a 2.7 walk rate, 2.7 walks per nine for Wheeler, his only season with a whip under 133 and it was 1.12 so like i he probably can still go out and you know limit runs but if he's walking that many guys like he's just not going to be what we hoped zach wheeler could be uh and i don't know that's like other than the velocity which was down yesterday but hasn't been down this year that's the only issue i can see chris what's your read on what oh go ahead scott yeah scott i i i always kind of expect a certain level well i mean i guess last year 2.7 per nine was was good for wheeler um but i i don't think of him as a good control pitcher his previous starts prior to this one i mean obviously that 11 strikeout no walk effort against the phillies was phenomenal but the two starts before that were really good Uh, he had a seven walk game that's inflating the rate quite a bit i Uh, yeah but if he walks the velocity thing i mean it's 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 just an odd start where it was down like a mile per hour and a half i don't really think too much of that Okay, yeah, okay, we can monitor that and just throw it out for now. But 
three of his last four starts, he's walked three batters. So if he's walking three batters in seven innings, that, that's probably too much. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what you're seeing in his strikeout rate and walk rate is that his walk rate's about where it's been for his career, and the outlier was 2018 when he was at 7.4%. Pretty much every other season he's been between between 10 and 11%. Now, the sample sizes in, in some of those seasons are pretty small, but he seems to have reverted, at least so far, to who he was before in that regard, and he has a 24% strikeout rate, which is good but not great. I think maybe last year was a bit of a an outlier, and maybe he's more of a mid to high three ZRA guy. But he'll give you enough strikeouts, and there will be an, enough moments of dominance that I'm not like I'm not dropping no, Zach Wheeler. No. Maybe he's not going to make the ace jump that some people were hoping for. Okay, would you rather have David Price or Zach Wheeler? Price. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Um, and then, guys, real quick, I want to get to the uh, it's almost May. It's going to be May section. Um, Frankie Montas and Eduardo Rodriguez faced off yesterday. Montas, seven runs, only one earned. Rodriguez, another bad start. Four, four, uh, four earned, excuse me, and four and two-thirds, but they all came in one inning. Who would you rather have, and do you consider either Montas or Erod must-own players? Chris. I don't think either is must own. I think both are would like to own. Um, but I think I might like Montas a little better. I, I think the velocity is obviously elite with him, and I, I think some of the changes that he's made so far, uh, adding that splitter can can really make a difference for him. So I think he's just a little more talented. And Eduardo I, Rodriguez I, is very talented, but he's always he always just seems like he's on the cusp of figuring it out, but yeah. never really does. Yeah. I, I still don't get the Montas thing, especially Why now not? that he's coming off two bad starts. Because he's not missing bats in terms of either swinging strikes or strikeouts, just like last year I mean, when it all at, came crashing down on him. He's at like, a 10% and, and, swinging strike rate, and which is above last year. not very good. But it's above it's last year. Good, it's, it's above what Zach Wheeler's is. It's about what Zach Wheeler's was last year. Like a twenty-one percent strikeout rate isn't great, but he compared gets a to ton Eduardo of dra- Rodriguez, right? But Eduardo Rodriguez has a long track. Like if we're talking about it, it, all comes crashing down. That's Eduardo Rodriguez's middle name. No, it isn't. He's he's all he's been he's been a useful pitcher for a few years in a row now. And you want to talk about arsenal changes? I mean, the fact that he's featuring his cutter more gives him a third pitch that seems to have made a difference in terms of his ability to biz bats, and I think in a more dramatic way than it has for Montas. And he already was at a much higher starting point to begin with. I, was he? Well, he had yes. a 382 ERA last year. He was, he was based he had on ADP. He 419 before. He, he was based on ADP. Based on production, you know, I'm not sure, because Rodriguez is kind of a tease. You know, he's always, like, as Chris said, always, like, on the cusp of figuring it out. But he rarely goes deep into games, and we know that. He does, doesn't give you a lot of quality starts. Um, there's a lot, there are encouraging signs. I mean, one, one, thing, one thing real quick. Last year, the guy was 13-5 and five with a 382 ERA, 127 whip, 10.1 strikeouts per nine innings. How's that not a must-own pitcher? It, it probably right. is, but that was the best we've ever seen of him. You know, it's a high, it's a high whip. You know, and it's 13 wins for the best team in baseball, though I know he missed some time. Um, but let me well, just say this about Montas. He, he has faced a really tough schedule. And Houston, he's faced Houston twice. He's faced Boston. They don't strike out. So that could be lowering his swinging strike rate, which is something that we might want to consider, but uh, something we'll but, have to keep And, and also, it's just, it's, maybe it's average strikeouts, but it's above average control. He has an elite ground ball rate right now, 57%. When you combine that with the the... The velocity that he brings, I think he can be really good. I, I don't think he's an ace. I don't think you're ever going to get a ton of strikeouts from him, but I think he can be a good version of Marcus Stroman. So I, w- I want to take a look at some trends, some things that have happened in the first month of the season that uh, really stand out. I got five of them. Let's talk about them. This segment is now called Thanks to Chris Towers. Damn it. It's going to be May. And Tim Anderson is the number one, number three hitter in Roto. Tim Anderson behind Cody Bellinger, 
I'm sorry. I just didn't cue it up right. I, I didn't have time to really check. Um, it was perfect, Adam. Okay. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> Tim Anderson is behind Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich. Um, <laughs> what's going on here? Tim Anderson, the number three hitter in Roto. Uh, <laughs> I don't think right what's going on is anything sustainable. He has a 435 BABIP, so that's a good starting point um, for what's not going to last. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still not seeing anything in the batted ball profile. Like 26.1 home run to fly ball rate. That's that's double almost what it was last year, and you know would obviously be an outlier in terms of league standards. I think it's going to come crashing down. It's coming crashing down for Timmy too. I yes, I agree. I think he has earned at least some of this hot start. Um, you know, he's extremely fast. He's putting that to use. And, you know, th- there are, like, he's increased his his contact percentage, which helps. This is a guy who had perhaps more swing and miss than you would want from his profile. But, you know, that can help the batting average play up. That can help the uh, strikeout rate, or, sorry, the, the, the power play up because he does have decent power. I don't think it's great, but, you know, pretty decent you know, average exit velocity in that park. I think that can be another 20 homer season. So I'm not writing it off entirely. He's not going to hit 375, obviously, but 285, 290 yeah. is possible. All right, guys, we're going to go I fast I mean, he was here. a 2020 guy last Yeah, year, we're going to so go I, fast. I don't. We're done with Tim okay. Anderson. Tim Anderson. Jose Ramirez. So uh, it's going to be May, and Jose Ramirez has only one more RBI than he has uh, steals. He has nine RBIs and he has eight steals. You look at the leaders in steals, steals right now. It is Tim Anderson, Mondesi, Hamilton, uh, D. Gordon, Malik Smith, Jose Ramirez. Um, so good and bad here with Jose Ramirez. What's your reaction to his lack of hitting and his uh, plethora of steals? I don't know. His steals. It's a lot easier to steal when you can't get an extra base hit <laughs> to save your life. So that's part of it. <laughs> um. I, I still can't make sense of what's going on with him as far as his just unbelievably poor hitting. So I, I just kind of chalk it up to he's going to be better. And the fact that he's stealing bases right now at least helps make up for how bad he's been so far. He still has above average exit velocity. You know, everything else says he should be at least closer to an average hitter instead of a disaster. So I'm maybe worried that he's going to live up to the number three overall pick, but I still think moving forward he's going to be a very valuable fantasy player. All right, Jose Ramirez. Next up. Oh, it's like not even close. I don't know. I, you know, you sent me the link. Make I, individual I, audio clips. I should. I, you're right. You I want. have to. This was impromptu. This was impromptu. <laughs> Do some homework. It's going to be May, and Rafael Devers has as many steals as J.D. Martinez has home runs. Devers has four steals, and Martinez has four home runs. And you know what? I think you look at both of their profiles. If Devers, he's hitting a lot of ground balls, unfortunately, and not a lot of fly balls. But they both have encouraging signs, especially Martinez. Things could be turning around for these guys. I doubt we're worried about Martinez. But I do like the fact that Devers has four steals. I don't know what to make of that. He had five last year. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what to make of that because it's <laughs> not really something that's ever been in his profile. I think I would imagine J.D. Martinez has had months where he's had four or five home runs in recent years. So. That, to me, yeah, he had five home runs in April and March last year, four in September. So that that's nothing to me, really. No, he's um, going to go off. Like, he's batting three thirty seven. He has 12 walks, yeah, 17. He's, he has an 11.8% strikeout rate, J.D. Martinez. Like, he's going to get he's crazy fine. hot. Okay, great. Um, It's, uh, it's going to be May. Damn it. It's going to be May. <laughs> I'm not going to play the clip anymore. And Luke Voigt has been on base every single game this year. Luke Voigt has a 39-game on-base streak. That is the longest active streak in baseball. Scott, Voigt is a top-four first baseman. He's been hot lately, 1394 OPS in his last seven games. His first 21 games, he had a 752 OPS. But one thing he has done, 
beginning with the last 15 games of last season, extending into the playoffs, and now uh, 27-ish games into this, 28. He is walking. This guy does get on base. What do you think about Luke Voigt? Yeah. 46.5-point week for Voigt last, uh, last week, which obviously vaulted him toward the top of the fantasy the first base rankings. And I think it's totally deserved. I, I think if you looked at the batted ball profile, um, you saw a lot of room for improvement heading into last week. He, and the thing about Luke Voigt that I, I think gets lost is, yeah, he hit a lot of home runs in a short period of time last year. He has a lot of home runs already this year, but he is more of a line drive hitter. He's somebody who profiles for an above average bat. If it's at 328 now, so it's gotten there obviously with that big week, but it was lagging for a long time. I, I think, I think where they are now is where I expect them to be going forward more than where they were, you know, before he got hot. All right. Finally, it's going to be May and Corey Seeger is slugging under 400 for the second straight season. Last year, it was only 26 games. Right now, it's 31 games. But there is, like, no power there, Chris. Uh, four home runs combined in his last 57 games in 2017 and 2018. Corey yeah, and he doesn't do much else in terms of base stealing. So right. it's a concern that he might just be an empty average guy, and he hasn't really been an average guy so far. When you look at the batted ball profile, there's not a ton that suggests that this is particularly bad luck, and that's concerning because at the very least, we thought he would be a 300 average 20-plus homer guy. And right now, you look at Baseball Savant's expected statistics, 224 expected batting average, 385 expected slugging percentage, pretty much right where he is. So it's... It's definitely a concern that he is not right coming back from the elbow and hip injuries. Now, what it does make me think is maybe as he continues to move through the season, he'll get a little healthier, get a little stronger, and it'll start coming back. But right now, I have a, a decent amount of Corey Seager. I really believed in him uh, coming back and being the guy that he was, and I thought he was discounted. And I've been wrong so far. It's amazing that the... Dodgers offense is as good as it is with them getting just absolutely nothing from Seager and Justin Turner. And Pollock. Yeah. All right. Three guys I loved. Yeah, crazy. Um, all right. Seager's going to be fine. Seager's going to be fine? about him. Seager's yeah, going to be fine, but, but he's he's not a power hitter. We know that. So, um, Trying to read some emails here. It's also Team Name Tuesday. And let's see. I, I didn't put them in the notes, so I'll just try to find them. In the emails, this is a great segment here. Um, all right, while I look for that, oh, Senzel high, buy low, L O W E. Sure. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Strowman, Strowman, Billy Squire, the stroke. Yeah. Yeah, that's also good. Uh, Infinity War, W A R. Take me out to the end game. These are Avengers themed. Yep. Would you guys like to hear the? email argument I got into about comic book movies with our, a listener? <laughs> Michael. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming a, you have a terrible opinion about them. Michael, yeah, I do. I said that they're all the same. He said, categorizing all Marvel movies at the same as the same screams as someone that hasn't watched them. It's not remotely true. And he well, went on. Also, like, well, but hold on. You want to hear what I'm Okay, saying. fine. You could say there's like a similarity. This is in kind of, I didn't say Marvel movies. Deal with Marvel movies. No, I didn't and, say and Marvel movies. True. I said comic but, book movies. This is what I said. Yeah, that's ridiculous. This, okay, this is, this is a comic book movie. This is what I wrote. Meet good guy. Average Joe. Nothing special. Probably a little down on his luck. Meet bad guy. Doesn't know he's bad yet. There's something inside him that wants to revolt. Good guy learns of his powers, has early success. Bad guy learns of his powers, has early early success, but not in the same place as the good guy. Good guy and bad guy meet for the first time. Bad guy wins. Good guy is in bad shape. He is uplift. He is uplifted by someone. Good guy and bad guy meet again. Good guy wins. Roll credits. Is that not a comic I mean, that's movie? Kind of. Is that kind of? Yeah. Basic narrative. Yeah. yeah. That, that's Every like, comic yeah, book you just movie. described like. 
the hero's journey. No, like, that's, you're talking about like <laughs> every comic book movie. And the man with a thousand faces or something. It's Rocky Three. Also, as I realized, I was typing it. I was like, God, Rocky Three is a comic book movie. Um, all right, so that's that's my spiel. Uh, what I mean, did, weren't you? You were a big fan of the Dark Knight trilogy. Those are the best. Wrong. Those are the absolute I mean, best. Kind of the same thing. That it's kind of Dark Knight trilogy is kind of. Um, you know, I I think it kind of transcends comic book movies. Yes, but it does. Like <sighs> these are so entertaining. <laughs> well, I so know they are. I I and, saw I saw Avengers. I think the first one. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I really liked it. I just don't get that excited to see them because I I know I, I they they're all the same formula. You know, I'm just tired of it. And that's not. But that's just that's, that's storytelling. That like that's really like. Since like the Odyssey, no, we've I, been telling stories. Like that—that's that's literally the Odyssey. No, that's not. They're not every movie yes! is like that, but every but every comic book movie is like that. And, and what makes it what makes it so exciting? Like it, it's kind of what I was saying yesterday. Like when they initially started, you don't look forward them to them as much as as where it's ended up because they're all interconnected. They all build off one another. They all overlap with each other like it's 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 become it's its own universe yeah it's cool. i think Marvel it's Comics cool. i think we're we're getting at something which is that like this anti-spoiler mentality where the only thing that matters is the end and not the journey like no what? the road <laughs> that you take to get to the end matters that's not what and I said. that's what these movies do really well yes they might be predictable yes there's going to be a big fight in the last 45 minutes they're going to seem like they're going to lose, but then they're going to, but like they're entertaining throughout. And, and it's not just like, it's not just about twists. No, know? no, no. Not go, everything go needs to be an listen, M. Night Shyamalan. Listen, movie. I, I am not, I am sure they're fun. <laughs> I would probably, I would probably enjoy them. I just, I don't get excited to see them because I, I just feel like they're the same types of movie, same movie, different characters over and over again. It just doesn't do Adding it. Adding it me. to the list. It just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Add it. it. Okay. Well, I'm going to read some emails here. Um, we're going to go super quick, rapid fire. Justin Hendricks wants to know if he should drop Posey to play the catcher of the week. For example, James McCann is hot. Should I drop Posey for the catcher of the week? Scott. No, you're, no. you're not going to be able to play the hot hand well enough. Okay. Uh, Thank Scott. you, Scott. Yeah, no, that's my you're fault. Welcome. I took too long. Jesse Winker. He has 21 hits. Eight of them are home runs. Is he just selling out for power? What's going on, Scott? <laughs> No, he's not. His his line drive rate is like it was last year. It's it's one of the best in the league. He's hitting the ball to the opposite field. Still, like he's he's had bad bad bit luck, and yet he's set a career high in home runs. I think that's very promising for his he's future. Awesome. Uh, how about Ross in Charlotte? I just picked up Nick Pavetta after a recent fourteen strikeout AAA performance. Am I crazy to think Nick Pavetta could be the real difference maker once he gets the call to come back up? Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Why not? No. You're you're not at all crazy. I I I would have liked to stash him. I tried to pick him up in one league where he was dropped because I think he will be back at some point and hopefully finally then live up to expectations. I just wonder are they going to remove Jared Eikhoff now? Um, you know, there he has to find an, an opportunity back in that doesn't exist as of now. I don't think. Yeah. Oh, Nola. I'd say. Uh, from Chad, <laughs> dear Blanche, Dorothy, Rose, and Sophia. Great show. A lot of plot twists. Ten team head-to-head categories. Daily League. Cattell Marte or Danny Santana? Who do you like better? Marte. Santana uh, is kind of interesting because he's hit. What's, What's that? that? Was that Golden Girls? Is Thank that... you for being Golden a Girls friend. is great. Yeah. Yes, it's Golden Girls. Yeah, there are a lot of plot twists. They're, oh um, my god, it's crazy. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, that's a show that's very formulaic. Yes. Okay, moving on. Um, (laughs) Do you like Eduardo Escobar as a replacement for Fernando Tatis Jr. if he's out? Uh, He's he's hot right now. Um, A shortstop with as much depth as there is. There might be better, but I don't know how deep your league is. A lot of of what's better has been scooped up already, like Jorge Polanco, Marcus Simeon. Okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? And we'll have to save Team Name Tuesday for Wednesday, so I'm going to ask you if you are starting these pitchers tonight. Adam Wainwright at Anibal Sanchez. No. Neither one. 
Tyson Ross at Vince Velasquez. I, I would probably start left. Both. both. I would. I would just do Velasquez. Sandy Alcantara against the Indians. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, but starting him. Aaron Brooks at Rick Porcello. No. Uh, so wait, Aaron Brooks is A's. athletics. Yeah. yeah and, uh, that, Porcello was a two-star pitcher, and I don't think a bad option then, but just for an individual start against the athletics now. Uh, Chris Paddock at Julio Tehran. Paddock. Yep. Michael Pineda against the Astros. Nope. <laughs> no thanks. Yulisha Seen against the Rockies at home. Nope. No. Jordan Lyles at Texas. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ivan Nova against the Orioles. No. No. Jake Junis against the Rays. No. Uh, no. Sabathia at Arizona. Yeah. I'd prefer not to, but it seems less dangerous than some of those. Walker Bueller at Drew Pomerantz. Walker Bueller for sure. Yes. Clay Buckholtz at Griffin Canning. I really want to watch Griffin Canning. Number uh, second round pick in 2017 has been really good at AAA, but no, I'm not starting him in the first start. This is the first time I realized his name is a gerund. You know, it's a word. <laughs> That's fun. Cole Hamels at Felix Hernandez. <laughs> like you're canning Griffins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what you meant? Starter sit Felix yeah. Hernandez against the Cubs. No. That's it. All right. We're out of here. Thank you very much, everybody. It's been a fun show. Gosh, I just butchered in sync, as I always do at karaoke. Thanks, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Baseball Today.